It's official. One Shining Podcast is back, and I am your host, Tate Frazier. And as March Madness begins, we're covering everything from Selection Sunday all the way to the championship and beyond. We're going to have great guests that are coming through on the show. And look, if you're a friend of the program and you're already subscribed, you don't have to do anything. OSP is back. It's going to be right back in your feed. And if you're not a friend of the program and this is your first time on the rodeo, then let me tell you this. You need to go to Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts and smash subscribe today because the OSP show is back. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like, me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. All righty, let's roll, baby. As you can tell, yours truly, J.J. Johnson-Stremski has no voice because we are winding down the end of the J.J. festivities out in Las Vegas. We are alive. We are in one piece. The problem is for someone who has never, and God is my witness, I have never smoked a cigarette before in my life. I am going to sound like a guy who probably smokes 10 packs a day with the amount of insanity that we have had going on out in Las Vegas. Heartbreaker for us Saturday at the Final Four with Florida Atlantic. UConn dominates Miami. I couldn't have been more wrong on that game. But stadium swim, encore, the whole scene, it has been fantastic. So you got to bear with me a little bit. We're not getting this hype. Itched as we normally do. But I promise you, there's a lot to recap from the weekend. First things first, good weekend for both of the New York locals. Number one, let's start with the Yankees. Two out of three against the Giants. Sunday today is about 
what your two big players do. John Carlos Stanton is a guy that can carry the New York Yankees. We've seen it in the postseason. We've seen him have dominant stretches where he goes and carries a team. He's got to stay on the field. If Giancarlo Stanton stays on the field, he's going to hit 35-plus bombs. He's going to wreck games. He's now gotten to a point where, let's be honest, you expect him to deliver when the lights shine the brightest, when the games matter the most, and holy smokes, the ball he hit today against the San Francisco Giants is easily one of the most insane and one of the deepest home runs I've ever seen at New Yankee Stadium. I mean, think about this for a minute. Stan basically hit that ball into the batter's eye in dead center field where Johnny Rockets is. Ball was crushed. That was one of those shots. Michael K was even surprised with how far it went. But today it was about Judge and it was about Stanton. You got very good work out of Brito and you go and get two out of three against the Giants to start the year. Good start for the Yankees. Volpe, here's what you know about him. If he gets on base, he's going to run. And the Yankees, with these new rules being the way that they are, I'm sure they are in love with the fact that you have Volpe at the bottom of the order, doing his thing, making things happen, running. It's a dynamic that, let's be honest, has been missing from this Yankee team for a while. Not just the Yankees. A lot of teams out there are not looking to steal a ton of bases. The idea that you could get Volpe on base, get in the second, assuming he's the shortstop the full year. No injuries. He doesn't get sent down, whatever the case may be. He should go and steal 40 bags for the Yankees. I don't think I'm putting an unreasonable number on it because I think that's what he's capable of doing. He'd go and steal 40 bags for the Yankees. So seeing him do his thing, it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. I can't wait to see my guy Nesta later in the week. Yankees got to get some reinforcements back in that pitching staff. But hey, start the season winning two out of three against the Giants. Nobody's going to complain. Now for the Mets. Great weekend for the Mets. You went three out of four against a Ben Marlin team. But today, more than any of the games, was the most fascinating one to watch. Because you had Sengen's debut. And there is a great deal of uncertainty for what Senga is going to be as a big league pitcher. I don't think we know yet. I think he is one of the great X-factors, let's be honest, in this Mets season. If he can go and be a front-end starter with Scherzer, with Verlander when he comes back, then all of a sudden the Mets cooking with gas. Senga today, I got to be honest, I'm watching the game at the sports park, watching the game on my phone. First inning, I'm sitting there watching. I'm saying, this guy's going to be out in the game by the third inning. He's not going to survive. He gave up a run. He had a couple of base runners on him. I'm like, this is going to be a disaster for Senga. For him to settle in, get out of that first inning unscathed for the most part, and then pitch into the sixth inning, that is a great win for the Mets. He's missing bats. I understand the Marlins are not a good offensive team. I think we all know they're a bad offensive team. 
But that stuff plays for Kodai Senga. That is exactly what you want to see now moving forward. Get comfortable. Miss Bats. Do your thing. Now, Mets offensively today, great to see Pham doing his thing at the top of the order. I'm telling you, you're going to like Tommy Pham. He's got a little edge to him. It's a little bit of an ass, let's be honest. The whole Jock Peterson thing, we all know that. That's the edge I'm looking for out of my ballplayers. We've seen it with the Yankees. We've seen it with the Mets. You want guys that, at times, got a left few to him. Pham has a left few to him. He is the perfect guy to play in a part-time capacity. He will hit for the Mets. And I think he will play well for the Mets. He was the hitting hero. Good weekend for Canada across the board. And listen, the Marlins stink. We know that. The Marlins are going to win, if they're lucky, 70, 75 games. To go and set a tone, no Verlander, win three out of four, great way to start the season. It's early. Listen, you don't want to get nuts. We got a zillion more baseball games. And the Phillies are the perfect example of a team that did win their division, got hot at the right time, and parlayed that all the way to the World Series. So you want to be careful with what you see over the course of the regular season. But you'd rather go and win two out of three and three out of four for the Yankees and the Mets as opposed to the other way around where you don't. Because then you got stuff to complain about and you kind of take it from there. Speaking of stuff that we don't have to complain about, Let's see what the New York Knickerbockers. The Knickerbockers are back in the postseason for the second time in three years. Now, they're going to have to deal with what's going on with Julius Randle as the after effect of the ankle injury on Wednesday kind of takes shape. Brunson could not have played better on Friday night. Sunday, they do exactly what they're supposed to do. They take care of business against a dreadful, dreadful Washington Wizards team, they're going to be the five seed. Do I put, here's the question, do you put stock in what you've seen, Knickerbockers against the Cavaliers? I don't. I know a lot of people are going to want to do that. Oh, Knicks, they beat them three out of four. The Knicks took care of them on Friday night. Brunson couldn't have played better. There's some truth in that. But I always tread lightly with these postseason series, and you have to be careful with, hey, regular season is one thing. Oh, that means in the postseason, oh, it's, it's going to happen. Guaranteed. Knicks are going to go and take care of Hawks. Didn't happen. Knicks are going to go and take care of the Cavaliers. Let's see. I guess it beats the alternative of losing three out of four to them. Cleveland has talent. Cleveland has a guy at the end of the game that you trust in Mitchell, but here's the dirty little secret. Jalen Brunson last year, when he was wearing a Dallas Mavericks uniform, outplayed Donovan Mitchell. And with Doncic out, who was the best player in that first-round series? Not Mitchell, Brunson. That's what the Knicks need if they're going to win a playoff series. What you saw on Friday night from Jalen Brunson, you're going to need a lot more of that. That's all there is to it. He's got to be the best player on the team. But an encouraging weekend for them. They're going to be the five. They'll hold off Brooklyn. Miami is in a rearview mirror. Do I think they will catch Cleveland? I don't. But that's fine. If you're the Knicks, you will take your chances with a Cav-Nick first-round series. And that's the goal. Find a way to a Nick-Cav first-round series. A couple of thoughts here on Final Four. Because I was at Stadium Swim on Saturday. 
UConn looked unbelievable. And Miami was awful. I mean, Miami couldn't hit a layup. Miami couldn't hit a shot to save their life. But what UConn has done now, after the first half against Iona, they have literally smoked every team they've played. Second half, Iona, St. Mary's, Arkansas, Gonzaga, Miami. Miami was never in the game. I have Miami. Couldn't have been more wrong. They were never in the game. San Diego State, on the other hand, it is a miracle that San Diego State won that game against Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic fell apart between missed free throws, just sloppy basketball. Sloppy, sloppy, sloppy basketball over the final 12 minutes of the game. We had a lot of guys. All you need to know about the Cabana on Saturday, we had a lot of guys who were on Florida Atlantic. Futures. Money line. I had the future. I also had them plus the points. It was the most unsatisfying cover that I've ever had in my life. Seriously. I'm watching that San Diego State shot go down. I knew it was good. You could see it immediately. And I could see like the the, the faces of gentlemen that were in my establishment that were just like destroyed. Destroyed by what had transpired. So now we have UConn and San Diego State on Monday night. Full disclosure, I will be rooting hard for San Diego State. I'd love to see the Aztecs go and win the game outright. I mean, UConn's favored by seven and a half points. Everyone, the mother is going to bet UConn in this game. It'll, I'll bet San Diego State. I'll get the cat out of the bag now. If San Diego State beat UConn tomorrow, I'd be shocked. Legitimately, legitimately shocked if they don't win that game outright. UConn is a wagon. And it looks like UConn, again now, is going to win one of these championships that they pull out of their rear end. It really is remarkable. It's going to be number five for that program. And I like Coach Hurley. He's a good guy. He was good to me when he was at Wagner. The idea of UConn winning another championship is just like nauseating. I can't take it. I can't take it. But that's the way the cookie crumbles. All right, we'll take a couple of calls. We'll have some fun with money. We'll have some fun with Larry. Uh, my voice is hanging in. I'm hanging by a thread. The plane hurt? No excuses, though. Play like a champion. Voicemails. They're up next. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. 
Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. All right, let's take a couple of calls. Thank you guys for your patience and hanging through my hoarse voice. But you know what? Kind of makes me sound like a badass. I'm not going to lie. Maybe I'll sound like this all the time. Might work for me. I don't know. 917-382-1151. Let's rip a few, Steph. Let's hear them. JJ, what's up? It's Charlie from Boston. Dude, first time, long time. I'm, I'm a big fan of yours, man. I'm a big Yankee fan. LSG, great weekend. Went two out of three. My question for you is this, though. In terms of these two guys in our lineup, IKF and Donaldson. IKF, hopefully he won't be in our lineup anymore once we get our guy Bader back. Hopefully, if he continues to not hit, Cashman and Boone will decide that he best belongs either on the bench or not on our roster. But with Donaldson, how long do you think, how long of a hook do you think that they're going to give him? I know that, you know, they love his defense and they see a lot of promise. You know, Boone says we have to be crazy not to expect a bounce back, whatever. How long do you think they give him if he doesn't hit? until they uh, put DJ or maybe Oswaldo in so long or maybe our guy Peraza. Who knows? But big fan, man, and uh, thanks. Take care. Charlie, I appreciate that call. Look, wouldn't worry about IKF. IKF is not going to have a regular role on this Yankee team. Good for the Yankees. Can I give the manager credit for something? He's playing Waldo Cabrera every day, and he's not playing that stiff Hicks, who is terrible, who gives you absolutely nothing. They are wise to play as Waldo Cabrera as much as possible. That's number one. Number two, Donaldson, on the other hand, is going to play. Do I think that the Yankees' best lineup maybe has him on the outside looking in? Yeah. When everybody's back, I do. And I'd rather see DJ LeMayu over there at third base. But the Yankees are going to give Donaldson every opportunity to play and you've heard from Kay, from Curry, from other guys who have come on this show. They think there's a lot left. Homer on Saturday, rough day on Sunday. I would disagree. I wouldn't put a whole lot of stock in what his batting stance has been, what he freaking do as far as I'm concerned. But Dawson's going to get a chance to play. We have to deal with that. All right, who's next? JJ, Justin, Miami point on the final four and then one on the Jets. You know, in the final four, it's really incredible this UConn run. I, I, it could be five titles since 99. And I believe since 2009, this is the fifth time they've been past, they've been to the round of 32 or farther. And incredibly, it's, it's four trips to the final four of those five and potentially three titles. In some ways, UConn kind of reminds me of the, the college basketball version of the New York Giants. I mean, if you look at the Giants' history, they've only been to the championship game, like the NFC championship game, like five times in 50-plus years, but they've been to the Super Bowl every time. And then if you really think about it, you know, the UConn's kind of similar to the Eli Coughlin Giants. Like, they don't always get get in. They don't always win a couple of games. And when they do, they tend to really make it count. So, uh, you know, good for UConn. On the Jets, you know, I'm, I'm a Giants fan, but I think the leverage here is pretty interesting. Two points. One, I think really the Jets have to do this before the draft because the Packers really have an incentive to make this trade now to get one of those two second-round picks. Uh, if the Jets don't consummate this before the draft, I really think the Packers get the leverage because then if you're the Packers, why do you need to make this trade? 
anytime soon. I mean, Rodgers isn't playing for you. Love's going to be your quarterback. You really have no disincentive not to take this all the way to training camp. The Jets are going to get desperate. And, and then I really think you may end up overpaying. So if I'm the Jets, I, I, I want to make this deal now. I got to give up one of my two seconds. Packers want a pick this year. If you don't get it done now, to me, the Packers really have an incentive to drive a hard bargain. All right, talk to you later. Good call, Justin. Number one, the UConn runs is sickening, but I think your comparison from what the Giants have done over the years to what UConn has done over the years is pretty accurate. It's pretty accurate. When UConn gets in the NCAA tournament and they win a couple of games, they don't just get to the Final Four. They win the whole damn thing. They do it at Mecca Ford. They do it at Richard Hamilton. They do it at Kemba Walker, Shabazz Napier, you name it. It's insane that since 1999, they are going for title number five on Monday night. It's pretty absurd. And, you know, as far as the Rodgers-Jets scenario, it's going to happen. I mean, I had a couple of people tell me that Rodgers was looking at apartments this weekend in Hoboken in Jersey City. He knows he's coming. It's a question of, do the Jets and the Packers get a deal done before the draft? Or are we talking about next year's compensation? They're not giving up their first-round pick to Sean Deshaun. I still think it gets done before the draft. That's my gut feel. But we're waiting. One note, too, before we take one more call. Aaron Hicks complaining about playing time is like the most comical thing imaginable to me. I forgot to mention this. I'm glad it came to my mind right now. Can you imagine a guy that stole money from the Yankees to what he has over the last few years? It's been awful. He's never on the field. When he plays, he stinks. And then you got to hear, oh, I, I don't know what my role is on the team. Pipe down, be quiet, and do your job. It's as simple as that. Pipe down, be quiet, do your job. What a concept. Let's take one more. JJ, this is Ryan from Staten Island. I hope you have an incredible time on the bachelor party. Congrats on the wedding. I hope you're feeling nostalgic. Maybe some old friends are out there in Vegas with you. So I think it's time the listeners got an oral history of the Bombs Baseball League. That was an incredible time for me. And I'm sure you have some old friends out there that may have even played in the Bombs Baseball World Series. I still have my T-shirt from those days. But anyway, good luck. Have fun, be safe, make nice, uh, make good choices, and uh, let's go, man. My guy, Ryan. I haven't heard Ryan and that voice in a long, long time. That, number one, was one of my best sluggers in the Bombs Baseball League. So what does Ryan reference? We used to have a pickup baseball league right after high school. I'm talking 18, 20, 24 guys. We'd show up in a field, 5.30, 6 o'clock at night. Might crack open a couple of beverages, pick teams, play with either a softball or a soft baseball, and let it rip for seven and nine innings at a time. 
And we used to play every freaking day. I mean, every freaking day. It's a hell of a run. I miss those days. And the irony of all of them is, my team could never win. You know, I was like Charlie Brown getting the football pulled away from him. That was me and my team. We never would win. Football, though, the team that always used to beat us, we finally got them in football. So, like, that was that was like my saving grace that we played a pickup football tournament. We ended up beating them. But for those of you new to New York, New York, there is quite the oral history of the J.J. Bombs, my old nickname at the time, baseball league. That went for a long period of time. Missed those days. So it's good hearing from you, Ryan. We're having a great time in Vegas, as you can tell. I'm a survivor. The voice has never sounded worse, but we play like a champion. All right, let's have some fun with some trivia and Jeff Money before we say goodbye. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right, Larry, take it easy on me, pal, please, would you? It's a Vegas weekend. I've got a lot going on. Take it easy on me. JJ, Larry in Florida. On opening day, there are eight, eight starters who have won the Cy Young Award. Can you name the eight? Question two is, Who's the last pirate to lead to lead the National League in home runs? I'm out. All right, let's start with the opening day one. The last pirate to lead the league in home runs. That's going to be rough. All right, let's do opening day starters that have won the Cy Young. Number one, Max Scherzer. Number two, Sandy Alcantara. Number three, because he started for the Red Sox. Corey Kluber. Number four for the Cleveland Guardians, previously the Indians, Shane Bieber. Number five for the Los Angeles Dodgers, Clayton Kershaw. Wow. I don't know if Kershaw started on Thursday, so if he didn't, might have gotten that one. All right, so we got four of them. I'm like going through the teams in my head. Who has won a Cy Young that started on opening day? Logan Webb is not. Castillo has not. Otani has not. Good question. Very, very good question. You Darvish. Mm. Yeah. I got four of them, Steph. Give me the yes. other four. Give me the other four. You you you, you bow it out? Oh, uh, you want to give me a hint? I'm more than happy to take a hint. So let's hear Okay. It. One is a local guy. Former local guy. Former. 
Okay. Because I said, Garrett Cole is not one of Cy Young. Garrett Cole is not one of Cy Young. Jacob DeGrom. Jacob DeGrom, of course. All right, so three to go. Three to go. I don't think I'm getting an extra to fun. Okay. I have to be honest. I don't. Give me the names. I'm probably going to get annoyed. Blake Snell. Would not have gotten it. Good job. Would not have gotten it. Okay. Zach Greinke. Definitely wouldn't have gotten it because I forgot he started for the Royals on opening day. And who's the last guy? Corbin Burns. Burns, I should have known. Not going to kill myself on Greinke. Not going to kill myself on Snell. Burns, I should have known. And for the Pirates, the last Pirate to lead the league in home runs, is it Aramis Ramirez? Oh, I was confident in that answer, too. was confident in that answer. Is it Brian Giles? Mm. Of course not. Steroid error. So Brian Giles wasn't in any league in home runs. It's not Barry Bonds, is it, Stefan? Is it more recent, Steph? Yeah, this happened in the last, uh, it'd be 10 years from this date, actually. 10 years from this season. 10 years. Okay. 10 years. So, we're in 2013. Is it Marlon Bird? I'll oh, give you another that. tip. Yeah, let's hear it. A local guy. He attended the same high school as the Yankee center fielder that is currently injured. I was a local guy. Now I'm annoyed. It's not McCutcheon. Local guy for the Pirates in 2013. Jeez Louise. I plead the fifth, Stefan. I do not know. I wouldn't expect you to get Pedro Alvarez, but if you would have dug that out, I would have said you're you're a beast for that one. I tried to give you the Horace Mann thing. I don't know if you was going to remember Horace Mann, but I tried to give you that. I knew Horace Mann for Peter. I did not realize that Alvarez was a Horace Mann guy. Full disclosure. I did not. I'm in the way about that. Should have known Alvarez. Should have known all right, before we say goodbye, the great Jeff Money, Monday night, Aztec, UConn. We are, baby. What up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a handicapper fix. It'll be for Monday the 3rd, the national championship game. I'm going to roll with UConn minus the 7.5 over San Diego State. Again, my play is going to be UConn minus the 7.5, and everyone can follow all my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, let's see if we got a family play. I'm out of here. Let's go. Money, there's no way in the world I'm betting UConn tomorrow. Now, full disclosure, you're probably on the right side. UConn has been a wagon. I'm going to be absolutely stunned if they don't go and win a national championship. But I'm going to be in Vegas tomorrow before I say goodbye and I'm back on Tuesday. There is a 0% chance that I am betting UConn to cover 7.5 points. 
this might be emotion talking. I don't have a future to deal with. But I'm taking seven and a half and I'm saying a prayer. Is it probably a mistake? Yeah, it probably is a mistake. If you're listening right now, don't bet the Aztecs. Don't trust me on this one. This is my heart talking, not my head talking. There's no way in the world I want to be sitting there seeing UConn cut down nets again and win another championship. But we're on our way. Hope you enjoyed the mini pod. My voice held up. I don't know how. Even though I sound like a dying cat or a guy who smokes 10 cigarettes a day, we managed. We play hurt. That's what we do around here. I'll be back from Vegas on Tuesday. I actually think I'll be in better shape then than I am right now. But this is fun. I'm glad. See, this is the beauty of the world that we live in. You guys and gals get the insider look of what the JJ festivities look like from afar. How cool is that? Not many get that opportunity. We give you that opportunity here on New York, New York. At least somewhere. Good job by Stefan. We're back on Tuesday. Pray for my voice and pray for my golf game on Monday. Oh my goodness. We played Reflection Bay on Friday. A couple of guys played well. Give them credit. I did not. First five holes were an embarrassment and disgrace. Then I got going. I ditched the driver. Listen, I don't get the driver good to begin with. Pulled the five out. Kept it simple. Quirky. Lefty five on right down the middle. Did that for about eight and nine holes. It worked. Will I go down that road tomorrow at Bears Best? We shall see. We shall see. But we will chat on Tuesday. Pray for my voice. Good job, Stefan. JJ out. Be good, everybody.